0: Let's continue that we began some weeks ago with uh, uh, living the realities of heaven. I want you really to pay attention to some things that I'm sharing with you this morning. Living the realities of heaven on earth. If you've not been here, and it's been some weeks now since we began. I think this is part four of that. So good to see you, Francis. It's been a long time. Yeah, part four of that. And I uh, want you really to pay attention to it. In Philippians chapter 3... 17 to 20, that is being our text. It says, Brothers and sisters together, follow my example and observe those who live by the pattern we gave you. For there are many of whom I have often, often told you and I will tell you even with tears who live as enemies of the cross of Christ rejecting and opposing his way of salvation whose fate is destruction Whose God is their belly, their worldly appetite, their sensuality, their vanity. And whose glory is in their shame. And I want you to see what he says. Don't, don't, go, don't go yet. Whose glory in their shame. You may have to remove that light a little bit from my direct eyes. Whose glory is in their shame. And then he says this. Who focus. What is it? Whose glory is their shame. Uh, and then it should be the next one. Who focus their mind on earthly and temporal things. That's what he says. Who focus their minds on earthly and temporal things. That's verse 7. I don't think it should be verse 19 or so. Who focus their mind on earthly and temporal things. And then he says this. But we are different. Say it. I'm different. You don't focus your mind on earthly and temporal things. You are different. It says, but we are different because our citizenship is in heaven. So we have been talking about that. Our citizenship being in heaven is in heaven. And from there, mark that word, and from there. In other words, we live from our homeland, which is our heaven, heaven. And from there, we eagerly await. And I'm going to focus on that. Eagerly await the coming of the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. We have to be reminded that though we are on this earth, it's temporary. This is not our home, people. This is not our home. With all the investments, whatever we are going to do on this earth, we have to think in this manner that we do it as unto the Lord. That our... our our pursuit should be to hear what the Lord wants us to do and do. That's the one that has eternal rewards. Not just what we think on doing, not even imposing our will on him. But us listening to him and paying attention to what He wants us to do and doing it. That's the one that has eternal rewards. So you have to pay attention to that. Even if you are going to live here for 120 years, you're still temporary. here. Long, healthy life, I believe in that, is your heritage. Long, healthy, satisfied life is your heritage. But listen, time, doesn't matter how long you'll be here, is, is very little compared to eternity. Eternity has no beginning, no end. What is eternity? It's eternity without end. So there's no beginning, no end. And that's why we shall live forever and ever. Therefore, whatever we do in this body, we must think that way. We are going to live forever. We have eternity. In fact, we received eternal life through Jesus Christ. So our lives should be out of what we have received. Inside of us, being led by the Holy Spirit, doing exactly what God wants us to do. Is it difficult? It isn't. Because he cannot ask us, to, he didn't ask us to do anything with our own strength. He gave us his grace. He gave, he gave us his spirit so that we may do exactly what he wants us to do. So, so we are different. Because our citizenship is in heaven. And, and the Philippians 3.20, the Amplified Classic Version says, but we are citizens of the state, commonwealth, homeland. You better be going with that in mind during your, in your polling stations. Our homeland. My citizenship is in heaven. So there is no place of dividing, being divided as believers in Christ of opinions Or concerning a political man? Don't you know that if you all ask the Lord who we are supposed to vote for? God is not confused. He'll tell us. Because someone has to be a president anyway. Amen? And I'm not calling these ones who are president. You understand? I'm not calling them this way. But but even if the choice was between a vulture and a hyena, someone has to choose something. You I'm not calling any one of them, but I, I'm, I'm emphasizing here. Someone has to be a president. You, you understand that? So, But, but look at this. is How do we do it? Do we do it by faith? If we ask the Lord, we'll have one voice as the church. We have one voice. I learned this from Pastors Wade and Callum um, concerning voting. But I'm about to tell you this. Is this is when you are, you are voting first, check out the platform the person stands on. Are they for God? Check out first that platform they stand on. What's their belief system? A man may be imperfect, but listen to this, you aren't either. You aren't perfect. But check out the platform. Now, example, if the Lord told me to be, to vie for the, some position, don't you know you'll be voting a righteous man? <laughs> but thank God that is never, because he told me exactly what I'm supposed to do. Now, look, look at this. You check out the platform. I'm, I'm helping you here. Because I, I had even someone uh, asking, like, how is pastor going to vote? I'm telling you how I'm going to vote. You check out the platform. Where, what does the person believe? He may not be saying praise God, hallelujah, shout, I mean, he may not be saying that, but what do they believe? Do they believe in God? And then Pastor where and Carol say this, are they close to the kingdom, even if they are not be- believers? Are they close to the kingdom? Are they inclined towards the will of God in their lives? Or everything they do is anti-God. Very important. Now you have to watch out because you can always say, tell where people are in their response towards God. You'll hear their words. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. They will speak. It is in them. They will say something. You understand? You know, even if you're my brother and sister, if you don't align yourself with the word of God and you, you don't value Christianity, you don't value my life in the faith, I, I don't care. I will not going to stand for you because I know who I was without Christ. I know how quick I was going to hell and now I have come in Christ. I value God. I value his word. I value faith. I value his people. I I value the church. Are you are you are you campaigning for someone? No, I'm, I'm I'm showing you the scriptures. I'm showing you what the Word of God says. So you have to think that way. Listen, if you think of our citizenship is in heaven, and then you have to think in this manner, then my ethnicity does not matter. Let's go to Colossians three ten. There the Passion Translation. We've read it several times. In fact, I was that right there, 311 actually. It's 311. In this new creation life, your nationality makes no difference. Your ethnicity, thank God, you know, you, you hear people I say, oh, I come from the coast, I come from, you know, western, I come from yans. That's fine. That's fine. But listen this, that should not, brought, should not bring any kind of division in our midst. You understand? Because I, I don't speak your mother tongue. should never bring any kind of division. In fact, I don't find it so kind, if we are three of us, and I, I am with my fellow, uh, I mean you, the two of you speak the same you know, mother tongue, and you keep going to your mother tongue, and I'm there. I don't find that kind. And I'll tell you, by the way, I don't appreciate you keep saying this and, uh, and on and on and on. Why don't you speak the language that you understand? That's not kind. I'm teaching you good manners uh, of how to relate with other uh, ethnicities because you still have these tongues and this, this flesh over here. That's not kind. That's really not kind. You, you have to still go back to, is this good for all of us? You understand? So, then in this new creation, are we a new creation? Second Corinthians 5, 17, we are what? New creation. We are in Christ, we are new creation. In this new creation life, your nationality makes no difference. Or your ethnicity. In other words, nationality is there. Ethnicity is there. Education is there. Economic status is there. But they matter, they matter nothing. Because however good your tribe is, if you don't receive the man from the tribe of Judah, you will not go to heaven. Oh, you know my tribe will be, all of us will be going to heaven. No, you've been deceived. You understand? <laughs> all of us from our tribe will go to heaven. No, you've been deceived. Unless you confess the the messiah the son of god there's one man who matters jesus christ of nazareth you confess him as your lord and savior you'll not make it to heaven so we are all one we are going to one place i i didn't i didn't hear you answer are we going to one place so then in this new Christian life your nationality it makes no difference your ethnicity education no economic status they matter nothing it matter nothing. I really, I really value this church and for, for years what God has done in our, in our midst. Uh, because people serve you on Sundays, you didn't know what, what status they have in their workplaces. Doctors, they're still serving us a nation. You understand? Every, every kind of a person. You, 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 you find them serving. And they are all educated than I am. And I can still talk to them. They can tell, no, you're not educated as I am, pastor. That's humility. And and that's how it should be in the body of Christ. We should not come in with our status to church. We should come with a mindset of, I am a new creation. She's my sister. He's my brother. We are all one. So have I given you a platform of how to vote? Have I given, or, you, or are you set on your ethnicity? <laughs> are you cast on stone concerning your ethnicity? You better ask the Lord. Really, you better ask the Lord. And, and, and genuinely, and genuinely ask him. And tell him, Lord, if there is any time you need to speak to me, it's now. And stay right there until you hear the voice. And remove that person from your mind, the one you've been thinking about. Unless the Lord has already told you. You understand that? Okay. I thought you were going to say, yeah. Do you all go to rallies? Political rallies? <laughs> you see the way they do it? I thought you were going to be doing, yes, pastor. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> but I already said, so check out the platform. Check out the platform. That's very important of, of which those, those men are standing on. Now then, so it says, the, it says our state, go back there please to Philippians 3:20 Amplified, classic version say, but we are citizens of the state, our commonwealth and homeland which is in heaven. And from it, we also we earnestly and patiently wait the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, Savior. The message translation, there's far more to life. He says there's far more to life for us. We are citizens of high heaven. I like that. We are citizens of high heaven. Say it. I'm a citizen of high heaven. That's good. Let me ask you a question. And I really want you to think. Coming to church means we can think also. You understand? I want you to think. How different will you live on this earth if you knew you have a short time to depart from this world either by death or the rapture of the church? I'll ask again. How different will you live on this earth if you knew you, had, you have a short time or you had a short time to depart from this world either by death or the rapture of the church is going to happen? Let's say in a, in a month's time. How different will you live? I want you to think. I'm giving you time to think. How different will you live? What are some of the things you'll do? You know that um, you don't have even much time you're living. You're you're about to depart from this earthly realm and go to eternity. How different will you live? Right now from this morning, I mean, since you've been here until now, uh, there are so many people who have gone to eternity. Even from 10 o'clock until now 11, 16, there's so many people who have fallen into eternity. So many. How different would you, would you live if you knew you have a very short time here on this earth? How passionate will you be towards God? Are there things that you are going to do different? Are there people that you are going to approach and repent and ask them to forgive you? Are there some deals that you've been doing that are inappropriate before God and you know this is not right before God and you say, God, I ask you, forgive me. I'm not going to continue this deal. Eternity is just closed right here. We have we re- received eternal life, but I'm telling you, the other aim is not far. So we must live with a mindset of we are crossing over anytime. I'm not saying, you know, I'm, I'm not saying now, oh, church, you're going to die. No, I'm not going to, I'm, I'm not going to be burying people all, over and over again. I mean, you have to wait for rapture. <laughs> we went, I, I think, I hope Doreen doesn't mind me saying this, uh, but we went to Kitui for the burial of our husband. And then, uh, so we went, we, we knew we were, we were, I was rushing so that by 10.30, 11, we are starting the burial. 11.15, uh, we start the barrel. But then we are around there, 11.20, we're ready. And they said, no, 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 we eat fast. I thought, what? You eat at 11.15? I said, yeah, we, we eat I asked uh, Brother Kyoko and Norman, they went and, and tried to persuade them that we'll be finishing. Do we eat later. They were set. We are eating fast. I thought, why did I leave Nairobi at 6? So, anyway, I sat there, and they finished eating just before one. So, that's when we are beginning. I thought, I said, if this is what happens, I'm not going to allow you to die. You'll be waiting for rapture. I'm not going to be burying people. You better be waiting for rapture, okay? Okay? (laughs) You better be saying, I will live or not die, if that's what they do in your community that long, and they say, yeah, we have to eat fast. And, and personally, you understand, I'm not trying coming against any ethnicity, but, uh, uh, ethnic group, but I was thinking about this. Here I have my loved one right in front of me, and I am enjoying pilau. How can that be? <laughs> I'd rather remove this body fast, and then I can eat pilau. You understand, if there will be any appetite to eat. But it's amazing of the culture, and sometimes when you start saying, you know, in our culture we don't eat fast; we eat eat last. They say, "But that's what we do in our culture." You see, now when you see divisions start coming because of eating time, that's the way we do. I said, "No, I I didn't say you are wrong, but that's the way we do. We've done all the time that way." Why did I go to that panya route? But I was surprised. Really. It really surprised me that we had to eat fast. So anyway, we waited, but all went well after that. But then, uh, how different will you live on this earth? The, this you knew that you have a short time. Let's go to 1 John 3, 2 to 3. First John 3, 2 to 3. It says, beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when he's revealed, that's still in his coming, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Does it sound like the time that he's revealed and his coming and all that? And then he says this, and everyone, say everyone, everyone, everyone who has this hope of seeing him, Everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself. So that's the first thing you do. Purifies himself just as he is pure. Blessed are the pure at heart for they shall do what? See God. So everyone. So there is no exception. Everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself. So if you knew you had a short time... And you're about to see him, you purify yourself. You purify yourself. The first thing is, the first thing you'll do, you will live a pure life. Just there are things that should not be mentioned among ourselves. The scripture says about immorality, sexual immorality, and on and on and on. But there are things that they should not be mentioned among ourselves as believers. Why? This home, this is not our home. We're here temporarily. So what do we do? We purify ourselves. We purify ourselves. In First Peter, um, so you abstain, in First Peter 2.11, the Passion Translation, but let me say something here. You abstain from the filthiness of the flesh and anything that removes you from his presence, the things that you don't, you don't enter in and indulge in because you are, you are waiting for his coming, therefore you purify yourself and I 'll tell you the, the truth it's not like I woke up and asked him, what message can I say to to the church? You better pay attention. be attentive because Don't let these words just pass. Let the Lord speak to you. Is there there areas in your life that you know you're not living a pure life before the Lord? Is there areas in your your life you know that for sure this is not a pure life that, 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 uh, that pleases the Lord? Then you have to deal with that. Not tomorrow, because tomorrow is not guaranteed. We are here today. First Peter two eleven says the passion translation says, "My di- my beloved, my divinely loved friends, since you are resident aliens and foreigners in this world, since that is the case, you are. We've seen that where our citizenship is of heaven. You, we see that it's in heaven. Then, then since we are resident aliens and foreigners in this world, I appeal to you, divorce." Uh, Oh, if I stop right there, uh, please, if I stop right there, divorce, I may not, uh, you may go start in divorcing. I'm not meaning divorce in marriage, you understand? Let let me say, divorce yourself from the evil desires. Because I may say, because of the evil desires, I appeal to you divorce and say, and the sister says, amen. I knew I'm not supposed to be that man. (laughs) No, that's what I'm saying. Let me let, look at the context, okay? Don't put a full stop where it doesn't belong. So he says, uh, I appeal to you to divorce yourselves from the evil desires that wage war within you. All of us know what this, this is evil desires. And then he says in 1 Peter one seventeen, the Amplified Classic Version says, ah, uh, And if you call upon him as your father, who judges each one impartially according to what he does, then you should conduct. The other one says, divorce yourself from those evil desires. And he says this, or keep yourself pure. From we see we saw that in First John. But this one says, you should conduct yourselves with the true reverence. Throughout the time of your temporary residence. We saw that in the scriptures, it's a temporary residence on earth with a long or short, you need to do what? To conduct yourself with a true reverence. It's a fearful thing to stand before the Lord in any any righteousness of your own and not in his righteousness. It's a fearful thing, church. Amen? So the first one, you live uh, a pure life. That's the first thing. And the second one, you will rely entirely on God's grace. Entirely on God's grace. If you knew, this is your last time, thank you. If you knew that you have a short time over here, on this earth, and this is your temporary home, your citizenship is in heaven, you will rely entirely on God's grace. Why is that so? You know your self-effort will not take you to heaven. I'll find a savior for myself and I'll go to heaven for myself. No, no, no. There's the one way. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. There's no other way. So therefore, you you, you know your self-effort will not take you to heaven. You'll start looking more to what the Lord says than leaning on your own understanding. That's very important right there. You rely entirely on God's grace. Let's go to Ephesians 2, 8 to 9 from the Passion Translation. Ephesians 2. So I'm emphasizing on this or uh, explaining from the scriptures why we have to rely entirely on God's grace. He says this. For it was only through this wonderful grace, say wonderful grace, that we have believed in Him. So you see, that's the grace of God. Nothing, nothing, nothing we did could ever earn this salvation. Nothing. In other words, if there is no salvation, there is no heaven. So nothing we did could ever earn this salvation. For it was the gracious gift from God that brought us to Christ. I'll say this and announce anyone watching. There are no many ways to God. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the way, no other way. And salvation is a gift. It's a gift. So it's received because it's a gift from God. So there is no, let me then he says this. So no one emphasize that will ever be able to boast. For salvation is never a reward for good works or human striving. Never. It's a gift. It's a gift. It's a love gift from God that brought us to Christ. Uh, Apostle Paul says this in Philippians three nine uh, concerning the same that he was relying on the grace of God. He says this, and that I may actually be found and known as Him. He says I'm pursuing God that I may be found and known as in Him, not having any self achieved. Righteousness. Our righteousness is in Christ Jesus. And because of that, because of being in Christ, because of being a new creation, we can stand before God with no sense of guilt, shame or condemnation. Why? Because we are good? No, because he's good, because he sent the gift of love, Jesus Christ. So because of that, Father, I come boldly, To the throne of grace. That I may obtain mercy. And find grace. To help me in time of need. Thank you. For having accepted me. Because of that. So that's not my righteousness. That has been given to us. In Christ Jesus. And then. But the Bible says then. Like to keep yourself pure. Then from there. Work out your salvation. With fear and trembling. Let's stay right there, please. So he says this. <clears throat> uh, so self-achieved righteousness that I may not be found with self-achieved righteousness that can be called my own based on my obedience to the law's demands, ritualistic uprightness, and supposed right standing with God that's acquired. Is that all? But possessing that genuine righteousness, how does that genuine righteousness come? Through faith in Christ. The anointed one, the truly right standing with God, which comes from God by saving faith, which is so in Ephesians chapter two. Amen. Let me read another script. Be that will put that um, make that point even uh clarify it even. Better in Titus two eleven to thirteen, the amplified version. Titus two eleven to thirteen. I mean the Passion Translation version. Titus two eleven to thirteen. Look at what he says. God's again what marvelous grace. Oh, man! Everything about God is marvelous, wonderful, high. <laughs> God's marvelous grace has manifested in person. Who's that person? Jesus Christ, bringing salvation for? Uh, Is everyone saved? Is there salvation available? Oh, you didn't answer with enthusiasm. Is everyone saved? Is salvation available? Is that God's mistake? No. What is his will? That all may be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth, but not all are saved. Can I ask about prosperity also as believers in Christ? Is prosperity available? Is everyone walking in it? Is God the problem? No. What about healing? Same. Same principle, church. God's marvelous, okay, is, is bringing salvation for everyone, and then go next there. This same grace teaches, say grace teaches. That's what he does. This is how the grace teaches, teaches us how to live each day, as we turn our backs on ungodliness and indulgent license. If we have received the grace of God, that's what he says in in uh, in uh, in Romans chapter six. Do we continue in sin because we are under grace? No, God forbid. Because the grace of God teaches us how to live each day as we turn our backs on ungodliness and indulgent lifestyles and equips us to live self-controlled. Sometimes you don't like this one. Self-controlled. Let's read those words together. So that you can have them in your mouth. Maybe you've not spoken for a long time of self-controlled. Maybe you've been releasing yourself. Kudjuwa you <laughs> If you hear someone say kujuachilia, be aware of that. People want to know Because you're supposed to be self-controlled. Kudjuachile is meaning what? Self looseness. No, there's no word like that. But but look at this. Uh so equips us. So since you've not you've been saying more kujua than self control, let's say it together. Equips us to live what? Self controlled, upright. Golly lies in this present age. That's what grace of God teaches us. It's a saving grace, which is a gift, is brought us to the kingdom of God, but it didn't leave us there. It's not self-righteousness, it's the grace of God, but it didn't leave us there. This same grace teaches us how to live. What? turning our backs on ungodliness and indulgent lifestyles, and equips us to live self-controlled, upright, godly lives in this present age. This is the person who's looking forward to the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. What are we doing? Offering our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to Him. So the first thing, if you knew you had a short time, you rely, you live up your life. Secondly, you rely entirely on God's grace. Thirdly, you will be watchful. 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 If you knew, your life was short. And of course, even if it's 120 years, it's short compared to eternity. You will be watchful. Let's go read some scriptures regarding that. Luke 21, 34 to 36, we'll do a bit of reading this morning. Then you can go home and study. And then you can live a life of the righteous one. Amen? Praise God. You know, I can tell you, I can come around here and I'll tell you this. God is blessing you. God is blessing you, my sister. God is blessing you. I see you being blessed. I see you. And then I'm, 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 just, I'm just sliding. I see you blessed. And then you go, yeah. And then after that, in the home, I say, by the way, I wrote, I'm blessed. How? But I can teach you some things that you can go and study. Amen? And then you start living it out. And others say, how are you? How comes your life is different? Uh, let me show you from the scriptures. Let me show you how to live because the grace of God teaches us how to live. Alright, look at this then. Let's read a little bit here more. So, what are we talking about? You will be what? Watchful. You know what watchful is? Can I read some definitions about watchfulness? Ah, right, let me let me see if okay. Watch is to keep vigil. Uh, as a devotional exercise, this Miriam Webster's dictionary: to be awake during the night, you watching. you don't sleep like natural people sleep. I'll, I'll show you a scripture. You be uh, to be attentive or vigilant. You watch. Pastor Wade taught me uh, in my driving. Of course, he was in the you know in the U.S. Army, and and then. Later on, he was a leader in the gang and all that. He says, I rose up in those <laughs> echelons as, as a gang, in, in the gang. But, but then he said, Davis, you must be aware of your environment wherever you go. Watch out your environment. Be aware of your environment. You know, even when you are driving, don't just drive your zoo. Just observe, not in fear. Check out your environment. Be aware of environment. That's watching. Be watchful. Be watchful. Every place you go, be watchful. You know, easily those who are tricked because they're not watchful. You You know, I don't understand that you'll be walking in town and someone tells you that you can win a million shillings. And then you stop to listen to them. I mean, how? You understand? How? Who's going out giving their million shillings to you in town? How? How can you even pay attention to such a person? And have, I've seen that person sends their text. You know, you, uh, so you've, uh, we've sent you 15,000 shillings. And then they say that uh, the uh, balance it's, it doesn't have anything. So I see a text. First time, I saw it and I sent it. I responded. Uh, just to let you know, I know your foolishness. I think I have even that. that, that <laughs> I'm aware of your foolishness. But I, I want you to know this Romans 8, 10, 9, and then I quote that scripture. You can be saved from it. And I done that. And you expect me to call back and say, how much you send me this money? Why? You understand? Don't be duped so easily. There's no one in this city looking to give for you money except that you should believe in God and he brings it. And he has a way of bringing it, not those ones. No one down the streets. That's people who are not what? Vigilant. We pray for this envelope. I remember my dad, my dad, oh. Uh, last year, I think last year over Christmas, I think it was last year or I don't know what, what, what year it was, we laughed and laughed of all those people who have been duped among, among the family members. You know those games people, person thought he was going to get money, and it was just, I know, devious. But my dad, I remember I was a small boy, but I could understand. Maybe I was a son of six or seven or five, I'm not so sure. But he left my home and he went to Mombasa town. He was going for money for insurance. For his insurance and some, some amount of money. And then he went and he withdrawn that money and he's walking in town. And then uh, a certain big envelope was thrown in front of him. <laughs> that was in the 80s. And he thought that someone has dropped it. You see, he has money. But there's one, some bigger envelope that has been dropped, and it had not, you know, protruding. Then the, a certain guy picked it up and told him, "Shh, quiet, quiet." Meaning that the one in front is the one who's dropped. So don't, don't just. Go he said, "We can, we can split it. We don't need to have any alarm. You know, put an alarm regarding this." And then, uh, can you imagine my dad followed that guy? My mom could not understand getting married to such a husband. (laughs) I remember I was small. He came like he had been rained on in the evening. (laughs) Oh, that's so so terrible. Because you know the way he was expecting his man. He came in home. He I mean, growing up, I saw my dad knowing that he was going for money. If he comes back early and he's sober, you know things are not right. <laughs> <laughs> he came home early sober, like he's been rained on. And he gives the story. So anyhow, he was taken to a certain corner, and then they say, Let, let's check what is it. And then pass a certain person, people appear and say, hey, you're the one who picked up my envelope. And, oh, oh, forgive us. I say. And on and on, and of course, the guy was with them, and on and on. And say, hey, what do you have in your pocket? Okay, he's the one they targeted. Removed everything he had. A smart guy. <laughs> Can you imagine all that? And my mom could not understand. The word she kept using was tamar. Tama. <laughs> Tama". That's exactly what it is. I mean, even if the person in front of you dropped the envelope, I mean, can't you have mercy on them? That's not being vigil- vigilant. I mean, that's not keeping guard. That's another word. Uh, and then, um, another one is to be expectant. By the way, that happened in the 80s, and in 2002, I think, I come from Budalangi, took the night bus, and then I alighted. I remember I'd taken mattress to the, uh, our home in Budalangi, and I alighted Tomboya Street, uh, Akamba from Akamba bus. I alighted Tomboya Street, and I'm walking just there at the post office. I saw that envelope thrown in front of me. I thought, not that man. I'm different. <laughs> that was 2002. I think 2002. Yeah, 2002. And imagine that had happened to my dad in the 80s. So someone threw it. And then he said, shh. I looked at him and I thought, you're so foolish. I have no time for that. Can you imagine? Same spirit. But do you know what they found? Tamayli Kufa. <laughs> no more. <laughs> no more. I'm moved by the word. Not those things. Not those envelopes. So to keep under guard, that's one of the meanings. To keep under guard is to, to observe. To look at all those things. Go check it out, please. But, so you'll be watchful. If you know your time is short, you know you are, your citizenship is in heaven, if you know you're temporary here, you'll be watchful. So let's go to that one. Be on God. So that your hearts are not weighed down. Look at that. And depressed with the giddiness, that is, dizziness, to be dizzy. With the giddiness of debauchery. And the nausea of self-indulgence. And the worldly worries of life. And then that day when the Messiah returns will not come on you suddenly like a trap. In other words, you make yourself be on guard so that your heart is not weighed down and depressed. With the giddiness of debauchery. And the nausea of self-indulgence. And what? intelligence, and the worldly worries of life. Get rid of worry. Completely of your life. And then that day when the Messiah returns will not come on you suddenly like a trap. In other words, it's not supposed to be sudden to us. We should have a No but those are people who are watching. Let's go to the next one, please. For it will come upon all those who live on the face of the earth. And then he says this. But keep alert at all times. Keep alert at all times. Be attentive and ready. Look at what this is. Praying that you may have the strength and ability to be found worthy and to escape all these things that are going to take place and to stand in the presence of the Son of Man at his coming. Watchfulness, church. Let me tell you something as a believer. You will not make it without a life of prayer and the word. You will not. You will not be watching if you don't live the word of uh, the life of style of prayer and the word. In fact, it's amazing. This word is used. I don't know if it's the same Greek word, but it's used. Jesus saying, Remember telling his disciples, will you, Could you not have watched and with me for one hour, prayed? They put that watching and prayer sometimes is interchangeable. In other words, to be effective, you must be also prepare, prayerful. Just you must awaken to prayer. That's why we do mostly, we just don't tell people, pray, pray, pray. No, sometimes in meetings when we meet, is to equip you. So that not praying for just that moment, but you can live a life of prayer. That's why we do it differently. We teach you, equip a person so that when you live, you can live a life, we can live the place, you can live a life of prayer, you know, as a lifestyle. And then uh, and another purpose, so that you may be aware of the functioning of the kingdom of God. Because it's not all what is called prayer is prayer. I started asking the Lord years ago, I think it should have been 2007. I started asking the Lord, why do we pray? If you know everything, why should I ask you? You should be giving it to me. And I started meditating on that, and I saw several things regarding that. And those are principles concerning prayer. So, that's very important. You will be watchful. First Peter 4.7 Be attentive to these words. First Peter two seven, 4 7, it says this. The end and calumniation of all things is near. The end and calumniation, that's the amplified version. The end and calumniation of all things is near. Church is near. Church, I'm saying, is near. Therefore, be sound minded and self controlled. You see, Kujioachili Atena is being removed away. And, and be self-controlled for the purpose of prayer. For the purpose of prayer. Staying balanced. And focus on the things of God. So that your communication will be clear. Reasonable, specific, and pleasing to him. What's that? And pleasing to him. That word is what? So that you can be given to prayer. I have to check it out. That That's not clear at all. I'm seeing heart. Okay, okay. So is that. Okay. That your communication be clear, reasonable, specific, pleasing to him, that you can be given to prayer. So don't forget about watchfulness with prayer. You must live a life of prayer. Church not when you have a need. And not your, what they say, quote unquote, praying for food. No. As a lifestyle of seeking God. Do it every day. Not as a duty, but as an enjoyment time to stand to be in the presence of the Lord. You'll enjoy it. I call it praying from his presence. You'll enjoy it. So are you seeing that? Are you seeing watching has a lot to do also with prayer? Let's read the same from First Peter 4, 7, the Passion Translation. Look at this. Since we are approaching the end of all things, let's read it together. Be intentional. Purposeful. And self-control so that you can be given to prayer. Watchful. Purposeful. Intentional. Purposeful. And self-control so that you can be given to prayer. So you be, you will be watchful. A life of prayer. That's a balanced life. That's a self-control life. That is a purposeful life. That is intentional. And then in the Revelation 16, 15, Revelation 16, 15. The Amplified Version says this. Look look at what it says. Behold, I'm coming like a thief. Blessed is you who stays awake even in church when the pastor is speaking. (laughs) (laughs) Now everyone, I have everyone's attention now. Because they they want the blessing. You see, Brother Francis, they want the blessing. They They say, yeah, I want that. I want that. Behold, I'm coming like a thief. Blessed is who stays awake and who keeps his clothes. Stay dressed. Dressed up. That is staying spiritually ready for the Lord's return. That's keeping your clothes. So that he will not be naked. Which is spiritually unprepared, and men will not see his shame. Wow, that's a mouthful, yeah? Let me see if I can read a scripture in 1 Thessalonians, from the New King James Version, to emphasize on that. Chapter 5 have much time here. Let's see. Yeah. Let's start from verse 1, the day of the Lord. First Thessalonians. I'm reading from the New King James Version. But concerning the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you. For you yourself know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. You saw that. We, we read that scripture, yeah? The day of the Lord comes as a thief in the night. God, next one. For when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them, as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. And then he says, But you, brethren, are not in darkness. Do you know what that says? We are different. In other words, we should not be this day should not come to us as a thief. But you, brethren, are not in darkness, so that this day should not overtake you as a thief. Not at all. If you've been knowing, if you've been listening, if you've been listening to the Lord, he's showing us the urgency of the hour. It's no longer the same. The natural even men think this way. From 2020, things change. Completely. What has changed? You remember? I don't know if, about you, but nineteen ninety eight after the heat of twin towers in the US, did you notice that things changed? There's a shift right there. When you are coming to the year two thousand, those who are there, uh oh you aren't there. Okay. Those who came in, we were alive in two thousand, we are knowing things. You know you could um, can be alive but you didn't know anything. And I said but knowing things, we could understand things. When it came to the year 2000, there was a shift again. That 1998 affected the whole world. 2000 came when there's a shift. And this being, going on, we saw 2008. And now we've seen 2020, there is again a shift. It's amazing what they are doing. It's amazing how the media... Is being used to spread out propaganda. Amazing. Even in these campaigns in our nation, yet you don't believe anything they say. It's amazing. But thank God we can use it for the gospel. Amen. Because before 2020 we didn't have those cameras here, now we have them. So we'll use this for the gospel. But, the, but things have changed. You just don't believe anything that men say. You must, the Bible says this, be watchful that you may not be deceived. That you may not be deceived. Because deception, deception is rampant in our generation. Things are no longer the same. Church. So this day should not find you as a thief, should not come as a, uh, overtake you as a thief. Look at verse 5. What you're supposed to do. You are all sons of light and sons of the day. Don't, don't, I mean as a brother in Christ, don't, and sister, don't like going out at night. Seriously. If you have no business, why are you out at night? With all the insecurity. But Pastor prayed, I didn't pray for you to go anywhere at any time at night. Seriously, I, I liked night. Before I gave my life to Christ, I'll come from because I traveled at night. Specifically, I have to come at night. I needed to have some mirror that night, I need to have drinks at night. So I enjoyed night all the time. I didn't, I didn't, I'm, I'm telling you the truth. When I got to the town then and, and this night, I became alive. The darkness, when it started becoming dark in the evening, I became alive. I was a man of darkness, of the night. When I gave my life to Christ, that was it. In my village, they say this. You <laughs> understand? I'm one of them. Have you noticed chicken don't stay at night outside? They have time from 6, 6 30, back, back in, back in. So I'm that kind. You think I'm that chicken? I'm chickening out or anything? No. I'm a person of the day. <laughs> I have no business at night. But they are believers, whether they have no business in town, in the evenings, they are going towards town. What are you going to? Do? Are you born again? <laughs> and and I have maybe even sisters here in, in the Lord, and they don't understand their husband. What are you? What were you doing until one a.m.? Do you drink? No. Where are you? Are you no? You know, there is no reason for being there at night. Amen? There are things that should not be among believers at all. My husband came at 11. From where? I don't know. Did they tell you where they are from? They have no answer. They come home. Is your husband born again? Yes, he is, but why does he come home late? There are things that should not be among believers. Now understand when you've traveled and on and on, that's not what I'm talking about. But I'm talking of brothers and sisters of the night. <laughs> Those are the ones I'm talking about. <laughs> we are sons of light and sons of what? Let's say it together. This is deliverance. You are, son, you are all sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the night, nor of darkness. Okay? Alright, it goes next one. It says this. therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us what watch and be sober. You can't be sober if you are an alcoholic. Even to know when the Lord is coming, really, even in the natural, you can. That's why believers don't take alcohol. Your spirit filled keeps you alert. Is that yeah? That, therefore, let us not sleep as others, but let us watch and be sober. The next one goes on for those who sleep. Sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunken tonight. Go to the next one. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and as a helmet, the hope of salvation. You miss a good place to shout hallelujah. God did not appoint us to wrath. But I'll, I'll, I'll not continue. Now, let's continue. There's some few words there. It's important. You can go read in your own time. But listen to this. For God did not appoint us to wrath. That's why I believe we go home, then tribulation on the, on the earth. Not tribulation, then rapture. I'm a believer of going home. Why? He did not appoint us to wrath. But to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. Have we obtained salvation? We will not be here during the tribulation. Go next. Who died for us that whether we wake? Is it we wake or we are awake? We wake or sleep, okay? We should live together with him. And this is what he says. Verse 11. Therefore comfort each other and edify one another just as you also are doing. That's why I'm doing. All right. Now, so the first one is what? You live a pure life. Secondly, you rely entirely on God's grace. Thirdly, you'll be watchful. Let's go quickly to Mark 13 from the Amplified Version 3.37. 13th and 33, 37. The amplifier says this. Be on guard and stay constantly alert and pray. Are you seeing the part of prayer there? Church, you can't avoid this. Be on guard and stay constantly alert and pray, for you do not know when the appointed time will come. And then he says, it is like a man away on a journey who, when he left home, put his servants in charge, each with his particular task, and also order the doorkeeper to be continually alert. You want that? You want your doorkeeper to be a continual alert? Therefore, be continually on the alert, for you do not know when the master of the house is coming, whether in the evening or at midnight, or when the rooster crows, or in the morning. Stay alert. In case he should come suddenly, uh, suddenly and unexpectedly, And find you asleep and unprepared. And then it goes on to say this. What I say to you, I say to everyone. Let's say it together. Be on the alert. Stay awake. And be continually cautious. Watch. Watch. Don't behave like the world. Don't behave like the world. Don't talk like them. Don't don't learn their vocabulary. Don't don't walk that way. And I've done a lot of reading, but i read a scripture in Revelation three one to five, the Amplified again, and then I'll go to the last point. The last point with the, diff, with the many other things inside. you understand? So it's not the last. Like I'm going to mention it. It has some other things in it. Okay. Is that okay with you? All right. Feed us feed feed you the one. Now look at this what what this is these are the words of Jesus Himself. To the angel, divine messenger of the church inside his right. Just think about this if it was in the in this church now. Now the Lord speaking to us. These are the words of him who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your deeds. You have a name, reputation, and that you are alive, but in reality you are dead. You have a reputation. People think you are alive, but in reality, you are dead. Wake up! C- can you think about all these scriptures about wake up and, you, and, and God expects you to sleep in church? <laughs> huh? It cannot be. <laughs> wake up! And strengthen and reaffirm what remains of your faithful commitment to me which is about to die. For I have not found any of your deeds completed in the sight of my, in the sight of my God, meeting his requirements. Go next one. So remember and take the heart, the lessons you have received and heard. Keep and obey them and repent. Listen to what he says that about repentance. Change your sinful way of thinking. Because that is what causes someone not to be alert change your sinful way of thinking and demonstrate your repentance with new behavior that proves a conscious decision to turn away from sin. So if you are watchful, we live a repentant life. Watchfulness really is having a repentant heart. Even if you stumble, forgive me, forgive me, Lord. You're fast, you're quick to repent. So then if you do, not, you do not wake up, I will come like a thief and you will not know what hour I will come to you. And then he goes, but you still have a few people, I think that's fine. Uh, oh, let me read that. But you still have a few people in Sadis who have not soiled their clothes. You don't want God talking to you that way. Soiling your clothes. Especially a grown-up, you've soiled your clothes. This is for believers. You know what swelling is? Huh? and You know that. You've soiled your clothes. You've, you've not... I have a few insiders who have not soiled their clothes. In other words, they in the church, but majority of them had soiled their clothes. That is, contaminated their character and personal integrity with sin. Let me say something, church. And I know this is for someone and once, don't involve yourself in corruption. If that boss is causing you, you say he's causing you to, 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 uh, to compromise, leave that job. Because judgment is coming regarding that. And you won't like it. I'll say it again. Don't involve yourself with corruption or in corruption. Don't. Church, don't. It's a critical time. It will blind you completely and even forget that you are born again. I sense the anointing in that. That's a warning, someone. Because of his love. Let go. Don't have an excuse. For defiling yourself with corruption. is a spirit that is blinding many, has blinded many in this nation. As to be sons of the light, we must stop that. We cannot pray effectively against this spirit if we don't act and live right. As a ministry, we don't bribe. As a person and pastors, we don't bribe. Sometimes it takes longer for us to do things, but they are done. And we will not bow down to that idol of corruption. Can I hear your response? Amen. Amen. Don't. Just don't. Don't talk their language. Don't say it. Don't even... Entertain it, just stop it. They say if it's a corrupt deal, then there's some, some reason till They are <laughs> a certain individual came with this compound. I was, I was in here, something concerning registration, and said that uh, uh, we need a facilitation fee. They use now, they, they have sophisticated languages. I say, well, we've come from far. We need a tax. I thought, I'm generous. They've been here. We didn't cook anything for them. We'll give them lunch. I say, Miss Ruth, that's fine. What's, what's that? Oh, they, they want, say, can we have some lunch? That's fine. Give them. They should not ask, but that's fine. That's not being corrupt. If you come, uh, you do something, and I appreciate that. I'll do for that. Oh, we came from far. That's fine. We're, and we've stayed here for hours, yeah. Then, okay, give them then. Then I uh, a short few minutes say, No, that's not enough. Ooh. Now that you've crossed another another rail, that's not enough. We shall get at least ten thousand. What? Uh, is it 10,55? 10, 10, ten five five? I said tell them to come here and meet with me. They with me through. Then uh, tell them to come, because I needed to see their faces now. To tell me that we are given. So now, that's not now. Generosity and kindness. That is a demand. That's a bribe. I was in the hospitality there. Say, come. They tell them to come over. They tell them your director is calling them. They, then they say, oh. No, if that's the case, then. If, if you all finding it's too much for us. Then I'm not going to go. That's okay, leave it. Miss Ruth lifted her finger. She crucified those people and let them leave. Now where do you go to the stage? There's no longer a taxi. Go to the stage. matatu. Not a single coin. So in fact, if my boss came here, at least we have 60,000. Say, you will not get it. No. Remember Jesus tell, tell, telling a uh, uh, you know, who was that? Who was that? Oh, he said, Tell that fox, F O X. You know, sir, those are kind of foxes that you don't accept. It's taking longer, but we'll have it registered. Even if it takes uprooting someone from that office, they will be. We pray. Okay, why did I go into that? The soiled one. The soiled there. Let's go quickly. Look at verse 5. He who overcomes the world through believing that Jesus is the Son of God will accordingly be dressed in white clothing, no longer soiled, and I'll never blot out his name from the book of life, and I will confess and i openly acknowledge his name before my father and before his angels, saying that he is one of mine. Oh, you want God to say that concerning you? Is one of mine. Remember, our citizenship is in heaven, so it's not like when you go there right now saying, He's one of mine. He's one of mine. Look at this faith. He's one of mine. She's one of mine. That's wonderful. That's blessing after blessing and after blessing. Now, lastly, the first point was what? If you knew you have a short time, you'll do what? Live a pure life. Secondly, Huh? You'll entirely rely on God's grace and, and thirdly you'll be watchful. And the, first, the last one is you will warn others. You'll warn others. You'll tell others. Will go telling others about it? How much do you love your so-called friend who's not born again if you never tell them about Christ? How much do you love them? Do you want them to burn in hell and they are, they are remember? So-and-so knew all this and never told me for all eternity. I've done that to, to even Muslims and Hindus. And tell them, excuse me, you know this, And a certain gentleman, ah, he's so sword. You know, he's just a good man. He's in his 70s. I told him, brother so-and-so, Mr. so-and-so, he say, yes. Uh, sometimes they call me Mister Mr. Reverend. You know they mix all those things. They don't know, Mister Reverend. Yes, Mister Reverend. Uh, let me ask you something, and this is not religion, but this is the reality. The Hindu about eternity. I love you so much, not to tell you, not to tell you this truth. And I told him, and he told me, that's fine. We can pray. That's what I'm supposed to do. Yeah, I led it to the Lord. And then years later, he came back and I led him to another prayer. Just to make sure that prayer is in there. <laughs> you understand? I led him to another prayer. Well, I feel like this man is so gentle. He loved Pastor Wade and Pastor Carl. And, and uh, so gentle not to lead him to this prayer of salvation. Anyway, but I provoked things because I gave him a book, I think. I gave him. What it, yeah, I gave him a book. But then he brought me another book. That was a jargon. It's that big. I told Sheila, put it somewhere there, we'll burn it at some point. It's a jargon of illumination and all that sort. I'm not going to read those things. A certain light. What? Those are not... There's the angel of... The the devil transforming himself as an angel of light. But you know what? He prayed that prayer of salvation. And I keep believing God for him. That when he turns, he comes, live in this earth. He prayed that prayer of salvation you will warn others. A watchman warns others of the coming danger. A watchman warns others of the coming danger. Quickly read some scriptures before we start coming up and receiving Holy Communion. In Colossians 1, 28, the King James Version, it says, To them God will to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery Among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Him whom him we preach. What is the next word? Warning every man, and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect or mature in Christ Jesus. The the same scripture in twenty-eight and twenty-nine, the Passion Translation says, "Christ is our message." Church, this is our. He is our message. That's the very reason we gather here. That's why this ministry exists and that's why it will ever exist because Christ is our message. We preach to awaken hearts and bring every person into the full understanding of truth. It has become my inspiration. You should say that. Let's say it together. It has become my inspiration and passion in ministry to labor with with that tirelessly, tireless intensity, with his power flowing through me to present to every believer the revelation of being his perfect one in Jesus Christ. That's your passion. That's your inspiration. You labor with the tireless intensity with his power flowing through you to present to every believer. You're warning them the revelation of being his perfect one in Jesus Christ. If you see your friend really doing something and it's evil, if you really love them you tell them the truth. They may not like it then. I've even seen some, some people you know, I tell them the truth and some even stop coming to church. I've, I've heard that over the years and not come to church anymore. And then later on come. <laughs> But I'd rather tell the person the truth than see them in error and leave them. Would you appreciate a pastor who will tell you the truth if you're going in error? Or just hug you, praise the Lord, my brother, and you're in error. Would you appreciate that person? Can I tell you something? To appreciate such a person who will tell you the truth in love is a, is a sign of maturity of your, in, in your life. But if you just want to be told what you want to hear, you will not grow. Let me give you something that you can really help. It can help you to, to receive correction. I remember uh, years ago, of course, working with Pastor Wade and Carl, but this one I remember is Pastor Wade. And uh, one time it dawned on me, he corrected me on something, and it was so strong. So strong. And uh, I was. You know those ones you are, you feel like, have you seen a cat wanting to fight? That's the way you are, you, you, that's the way I looked. And um, those are the things you walk to the washroom. You look at yourself in the mirror. And ask yourself, what are you made of? Seriously, what are you made of? Are you going to be puffing around because of your correction? And this is what the, Lord, the spirit of the Lord spoke to me. Uh, Davis, if you talked good about you, would you have liked it? Oh yeah, why not? Who hates that? And say, so then if you've been corrected, why don't you accept it? I'll say, yes sir, I'll accept that. That has helped me. Anyone who likes when people come around and they talk good about you? Huh? Even if you're shorter like me and you're told you're tall. Even if... <laughs> You feel tall a little bit for a short time. Anyone who likes that? What about if someone who loves you and tells you the truth, you know, this, the way you've been acting is not right, and, and people not to act the way you're acting. How do you feel? Why don't you accept that? You may not feel well at that time, but just accept it and say, you know what? That's fine, thank you. In fact, the, the right thing to do is this. Thank you for telling me. That's the beginning. You say it by faith. You feel like, is that what you've been thinking about me? You know, you feel like answering that way. But, but start with this. Thank you for being, for telling me about that. I know I don't feel good about it, but thank you for telling me. And then you go the next thing, and God will help you. That way you will grow. But if you are the kind anything that touches you a little bit, Now people say like, Leo Nikubaya. I mean, you don't want that. You don't want that to be marked. You know, people even coming, even your children know coming around you because Leo mama ni No, don't do that. Okay. You understand that? You want to grow? You want to grow? Listen, you have to overcome your emotions and take the word of God by faith whether you feel it or not. You have to. You have to, to have an alligator skin. Crocodile. A mature one. That you don't accept. You, you, you feel like even if you want to shout, you can just keep quiet. You grow that way. And many times it comes from leaders over you. And can I tell you something in the house, as a husband and wife, if you want your marriage to grow, then when it comes to your wife as a husband, that is even better. Because you have so many things you can say. But you just keep quiet and say, Thank you, sweetheart, for telling me about telling me that. Instead of now that you can't talk for a week. Someone ever told me that. That is so funny. Uh, they got married and then at some point that they were not talking to each other. And then they stayed, I think, I don't know if it was a full day, they're not talking to each other. Then someone called, the husband likes football. Someone called to, ex- to talk to the husband about, about football. And then he's, yeah, yeah. They've not been talking to the, hu- the wife. And he's laughing and on and on and on. And then when he was done, he thought like, he yeah, I'm talking to a stranger and laughing to a stranger. And I can't talk to my wife. This is foolishness. Let me go back and talk to my wife. That was revelation. You understand what I mean? In other words, if you're not talking to each other, Tina and I are not talking to each other, then we visit you. And no, oh, Duncan, how are you? And then now that's the time I'm kissing Tina. <laughs> there was a lady who told me also, and the, the husband acted that way. That they, they, they have not been talking, even for weeks. And then say, well, let's go for dinner. And to meet a certain family. And when they go there, and then, that's when, seriously, he puts his hand and says, oh, sweetheart. That woman said I was fed up at some point. I said, no, don't touch me. <laughs> Before people. I'm telling you the truth. Verily, verily. He said, don't touch me. Before people. She said this, I was fed up for that fakeness of life. Now it's done. And when you are done, you don't live together anymore. <laughs> I'm not advocating for that. But you know, that, you know what I mean. Okay. Let's go to Ezekiel quickly. Let me finish this. Why did I go? Why did you make me talk all about that? <laughs> Ezekiel 3.11. Listen to this. Say to them, as I live, says the Lord God. Don't forget this. I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked. It grieves the heart of God. Read that whole chapter 33. It grieves the, the heart of God to have to do what? For a wicked to die. But do you remember what the scriptures say? Precious in the sight of God is what? The death of his sin. So tell others. It doesn't give them pleasure for a wicked man to die. But that the wicked turn from his way and do what? And leave. Give others good news and and turn, turn from your evil ways. For why should you die, O house of Israel? Or why should you die in your sin? God paid the price. God takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked. Love people, tell them the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. In Acts 3.19, quickly, the Amplified Version, it says this. So repent, I'll go up there, so repent, change your inner self, your old way of thinking, regret past sins, and return to God. Seek his purpose for your life, so that your sins may be wiped away, blotted out completely, so that times of refreshment may come from the presence of the Lord, Restoring you, look at this, restoring you like a cool wind on a hot day. God is for restoration. Restoring you, let's read it together there. Restoring you, say restoring me. Restoring me like a cool wind on a hot day. But what does he say? Repent. What's that? Change your inner self. Your old way of thinking. Regret past sins. You are living as a person knowing that any time I'll be living this place and I'll be going to eternal home. But before then, remember one of the advantages I told you or the importance of living um, uh, as a citizen, If your citizenship being in heaven, one of the important important things that you'll experience is this. You will be aware of your heavenly assignment. And being heavenly minded, and you know your assignment, you cannot live as a sinful life, in a a sinful life, you cannot live like a person of the world, you'll think different, you'll act different, you'll live a repentant life, you'll keep your life pure, you will be focused on His will and His purposes for your life, and you will fulfill it, and go home, live a fulfilled life on this earth, and lastly you go home to be with the Lord, and there He was in eternity for you. Amen? Church, Jesus is coming soon. Jesus is coming soon to take away the church. You go read the book of Peter, it says that some will, start, will stand up in the last days saying, oh, we've had that for a long time. Yeah? It's already written, that answer is there. Oh, I had it in Sunday school. I thought he was going to come when I was in Sunday school. Yeah, it's there in the Bible. The Bible says those are foolish ones who think that way. He's coming. For a day to to the Lord is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like a day to the Lord. He's coming. Get ready. Make your life presentable to him. Let the word of God uh, John 17 17 says, John 17, I think 1717 17 says, Sanctify them with your word. Your word is truth. The sanctification. What does what is it that will separate us? Keep ourselves in the word, keep our life of prayer and listening to the Holy Spirit. Your life will be effective. God wants you whole, prosperous, strong. Healthy, serving him as if the day of his coming is today evening. Amen. Did you receive anything out of this? Stand up on your feet, please. I know you've been sitting for a long time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We're about to receive Holy Communion, but before then I want let me pray for you first, before even you we receive all communion. Father, thank you. Thank you for your people. You love every one of them with unconditional love. You're not even loving them now. You already, you've already you loved them with everlasting love. Father, I believe I've spoken what you put in my heart. And I know you've spoken to your people. And your will is that none of them should perish but have everlasting life in Christ Jesus. And none of them to go through the things that this world is going through because you have not you have not destined your people to wrath but you are loving kindness and love and 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 and, and your mercies upon your people and this is not doom but this is a reality the world is going to become dark and dark Dark and darker. But God wants his people to be as children of the light. That when it's so dark in the world, his people will be shining. They will be protected from all the evil that is in this world. And it's becoming even gross darkness as the Bible says in Isaiah 60. But I so believe that God has never changed. He's done this for generations past. He protected the children of Israel and they didn't go through all that was going on in Egypt. I believe that's the type of salvation, protection for God's people like even it happened with Noah. And even with all that is happening in the world, gross darkness, God wants to protect you. God wants you to know him by revelation. God wants your life to be kept pure before him. Relying on his righteousness and his grace. To help you and keep you. What about the economy? Same. God has an economy, and his economy is not the, the, like the, this world, or of, of this world. His economy is different, and he says this, I will supply your need according to his, to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. What about all sickness and disease still? It's a kingdom. The kingdom has its own provision, its way, its way of doing and being right. God wants to protect you and you to enjoy the benefits of being in the kingdom of, of, of being in his kingdom but you have a responsibility of saying God take my life not just as a sinner saying take, your, take my life but even as a believer saying God take my life I don't want to impose my will on you but I want your will for my life Father Father May there be a sense of urgency in the hearts of your people. That these are not just words or scriptures that we read, but this is the living Word of God. Help them, Father, in areas that they are struggling. Help them. For godly sorrow brings forth repentance. So help your people, Father. I release that grace. In the name of Jesus upon every single one of them. And those needing salvation, I thank you for the savings, grace, right now to bring them into salvation. And I thank you, Father, for your goodness. And I bless them. And I stand in agreement as the prayers that you have prayed concerning their protection, even this week. Even this week, that they will know no fear. Because I believe you are shielding us even again in this nation. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen.